Racing Nation with James O'Shea. Thanks for joining us on Racing Nation. And now with thanks to Mick Sutton Concreting, let's have a look at what's happening on the country scene. And first of all, a big congratulations to Sutto. Sutto's gal, Metropolitan winner, upset the apple cart last week in town, rolled the hot pot, so... Uh, good on you, Sutto. So the horse called Sutto's Gal, it carries the mix-up and concreting colours as well and it's got the money there in the first. So congratulations to everyone. And they present our country segment each week, Moods Mail with Brett Moody. He joins me now. Moods, how are you? Yeah, well, thanks, James. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, congratulations to uh, uh, Sutto and Donna at the win of uh, Sutto's Gal and uh, Kempi. I've got a bit of an attachment because obviously I called her first win. Uh, that was on the Pat O'Shea race callers night. And, uh, That's right. Yeah, so it was uh, good. And they, uh, they got a few bob out of it too, I think. So Yeah, well yeah no, congratulations there. So Metropolitan winner now. So a great little money spinner for connections there. Now moods, first of all, Melbourne Cup wise, looking back on it now, what was your thoughts on Incentivise? Uh, yeah, it's uh, obviously uh, a bit disappointing. But it's hard to be disappointed when it's uh, when you're on second in the Melbourne Cup. But I thought it was, um, yeah, the uh, one of the girls had uh, the one of the part owners had uh, one of the girls uh, videoing, and I saw that on um, I think it was on Twitter. Um, the reaction, obviously, they were going to uh, have the scenes of jubilation and and just the uh, you know you could have heard a death knell and. You got to love, uh, you know, the teenage girl when she put her head down to switch it off, and she just shook her head. You know, the, the kids uh, <laughs> don't appreciate the enormity of it, but I think that captured it. Um, yeah, they were just sitting there, and and uh, the wife consoled him and that sort of stuff. And then he later tweeted, you know, it was great to run second in the Melbourne Cup and and all that sort of stuff. But the initial reaction, just the same as it was at. Yeah, at the race course uh, at Clifford Park, as I mentioned, um, of course, we've got a feel for those uh, uh, radio people and all the TV uh, people that were sent to Clifford Park. One was from Sydney, uh, obviously, to capture the scenes of jubilation. And then, of course, they're, they're left there with, uh, you know, trying to make a story out of it. Uh, they, they eventually found me because many had the Moody Racing shirt on. Uh, but, yeah, I just said... Yeah, normally, uh, when you're watching the Melbourne Cup, doesn't matter where you are, you can't hear what it's what's won it or whatever. I know usually because I know um, the colours, but generally people are asking what won it. You can't hear a thing, but you could just hear uh, clearly the last you know, 50 metres of the Melbourne Cup, uh, which is very unusual. And they tell me the same scenes in in uh, Charleville as well. They had a um, fan meeting out there. So everyone was uh, hoping for a win for Peter's sake uh, on that side of it, and then Toowoomba obviously from the uh, um, the Steve side of it and uh, the horse breeding side of it. So um, mm. yeah, it was uh, you know I, I knew we were in trouble once he uh, rolled back to the fence, and I, I thought well he's either had enough or there's a little issue there, and I think there was a case of both there because in the Caulfield Cup obviously he's out in the centre of the track, but he didn't he went as straight as a gun barrel. And usually that's a telltale sign. As soon as the horse wants to roll back to the fence, you know, um, you know, there's there's some issue there, and uh, that proved to be the case. But uh, you know, who would have thought that? Um, you know, I mean, it's a bit like Kingston Town with with uh, Gurners Lane, you know, spoiling the party. The Mick Dittman ride from last to first never went outside a horse, and mm. you know, 
and 95 times out of 100 that doesn't eventuate and Kingston Town wins his deserved Melbourne Cup and and you know from 16 alley to get where uh, Jay Mack ended up on very elegant to get the run that she had you you wouldn't have picked that in a million years and and she was able to uh, do the job and he just had to do a little bit of work as well as we expected but we mm. thought he'd still be good enough to win. Mm. Now, actually, you remind me there, what about, speaking of many moody, so many moods, she would have been pretty happy. She's she's thrown out the winner. Yeah, well, she, to her credit, she actually had the um, the disappointment original feeling of uh, incentivised not winning, but then she realised it very elegant and won it. And then, uh, yeah, and of course, there's nothing worse when you're sitting there having a few beers and consoling yourself when someone's there you know, yahooing and, and, and anyway, I made a shout a few drinks so that, that uh, made up for it. <laughs> well, it's all, all that ends well, I suppose. Now, a couple of other horses I want to ask you about before we have a look at what's happening on the country scene. Go Wanji, as we've mentioned numerous times on this show, speaking of Chinchilla, this was this was probably the day you really, uh, you know, stamped this horse as, as the one that was going to go right on to metropolitan level. He's... He's captured the attention of people now. He's seeing what you told us a long time ago. So I'm sure it's something that you're watching on now and, and thinking, well, you know, this is something that you always knew was, was well, you always thought was going to happen. Yeah, it was a, a great interview with uh, Tommy as well. But, um, yeah, he won his uh, maiden this, uh, in uh, February at a non-tab meeting and it was a, a good effort coming from last on Boo and they backed him off the map, obviously. I think it was $7 down to $2, and I think we labelled him then as a horse mm. uh, that we thought might uh, sneak to Toowoomba or uh, Ipswich or a Warwick to keep an eye out, you know, on a P1, P2 level. But it was the Chinchilla winner, as you mentioned, um, in February that he backed up in a Class B. We thought he might have gone to town. It was surprising, but I spoke to John then. He still had plenty to learn, so they're happy to uh, get him into a Class B, which, of course, doesn't affect your your class rating, so, uh, but that was the day that the fairy floss was at his best, um, two, six, we thought he was a dollar sixty chance, and uh, he, I got two sixty, and as I said, I, I honestly thought I would be arrested, um, and I was, you know, sneaking there, and they actually bet three sixty by the t- after I went upstairs to call the race, so, um, but. Uh, that was the day that he really stamped himself because it, it was a firm two on that day. Every leader won except in his race. He was 10 lengths off the second last horse and actually said in the call, uh, he's going to need to be good or he's in a bit of trouble and just made a fool of me because he he went made up about 12 to 15 lengths in a space of 250 metres. So by the time they uh, straightened up, he was cantering outside the leader and saying, well, what trouble am I in? What, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? And uh, he went on to win. And uh, we labelled him as something special. But then as as time went on, the form out of that race, the runner-up, Miss Belitz, she won three in a row. And then she went on to run third in the Battle of the Bush qualifier at Gundawinda behind the stablemate, rather salubrious, who then came out and won the Battle of the Bush. So the form was franked. And in third in that race was Agent Albert, who was placed at the Sunshine Coast. So it wasn't as if he was winning a maiden like he did on debut. Uh, this uh, or a normal non-tab class B, this race had a had a bit of form in it, and he just just made them look second rate. So, and it was uh, you know as he as he learns, um, you know it was great to see Larry Cassidy on him, his position a little bit uh, closer to the speed, and and did a few more things right. And uh, tomorrow though, I 
uh, I think they'll probably just go back and and um, you know in a small field they won't take too many chances. But as he gets up through the grades he, and as he learns, he's uh, going to have to uh, get himself a little bit uh, better positioned uh, mm. to to win those better races. Uh, but for, for now, as he goes through the classes, and he's just uh, he's just going to be too good. And we look forward to following that one through. And as you mentioned, I did catch up with Tom Dougal on the show. If you missed that, if you jump onto the, the Facebook page or uh, on Twitter or just jump onto our Anchor uh, by Spotify um, podcast page, you'll see that interview there. It's also on the on all different podcast links to be able to find that one there, so you can tune into that one. And I do suggest you do it. Actually, it was a, it was a really nice chat with, with Tommy Dougal. Now, the other horse, and I don't want to open some old wounds here, but last week you almost had a clean sheet. Bean Dancing is, is the one that let you down. Bean Dancing goes to town this Saturday. Yeah, I think uh, it's an each-way bet. I'm just a bit... I'll be more confident at the 1,200, not so at the 1,400. Uh, Mira Dance of the Dam, she won nine races, but she didn't win past 1,200. And, of course, the half-brother uh, and Shazzle Pazzle that um, uh, Les Ross had, I think, he won three or four races, uh, you know, 800 to 1,000, so he's a dead-set speedster. Uh, she gives every indication that the 1400 will, uh, will suit, but uh, I think the uh, change of jockey, jockeys with different styles, they sort suit different horses, and particularly at the jump, the way jockeys, uh, you know, hold their heads and, and things like that can make a big difference. And I expect her to. She's an on-pace horse, I think, and over the 1400, I expect her to box seat. And whether she runs the 1400 remains a question, but I think she's a bet to nothing at uh, $12 each way. Uh, because I think she'll uh, get the box seat run. She'll be running third or fourth, maybe three back the fence, and um, yeah, or even on the back of the leader. And uh, she's got a turn of foot, um, so yeah, I think uh, I think she'll go very well. All right, been dancing. We can be on it each way in town. All right. What about uh, across the country? What's happening on the bush racing scene this weekend? Yeah, we've got the Chinchilla races, uh, five-race uh, program there, a big tropical race day, so they get a good crowd, and uh, this year features uh, a stampede qualifier, so that's uh, certainly added to the interest. And this uh, unprecedented uh, uh, numbers in uh, non-tab racing, particularly on the downs, uh, is just uh, continuing. We highlighted about Dolby last week, and I think there was 15 horses that missed out on a run. Uh, there'll be uh, around eight or ten miss out on a run, uh, this weekend at uh, Chinchilla with capacity fields in four of the five races and I think there's 10 in the other so nearly 60 horses competing in the five races it's just uh, and that's uh, at the end of uh, Melbourne Cup week and I know this meeting in the uh, last few years has uh, certainly paid the effects of uh, having so many meetings in this week in uh, Cup week mm. so uh, uh, but this year, it's uh, you know it's just uh, you know uh, typical of uh, how the non-tab interest is, is there. So um, uh, yeah, so luck's going to play a big part. And the uh, the racing gets underway at 1:30 uh, with the maiden. A little bit uh, too hard for me to uh, tip one in that. But the second event is the uh, the Stampede Qualifier, ten thousand dollar race, and of course Piracy's backing up after. Uh, breaking the modern day record, we've given him the record anyway. Uh, so, um, generally, there's no, um, we couldn't find any records to beat it. So if you put it out there, generally, uh, if it uh, if there's silence, then uh, you can accept it as the uh, as the record. And, uh, 71 and a half kilos he carried last week. 
Uh, he's on the quick backup. There was a great story with Kate Patch. Of course, Paul Lamblin wasn't available, and uh, Kate, I didn't realise she was uh, uh, contemplating a comeback, but in a few, in a few months' time, and she got the call up on the Wednesday or the Thursday to to make a comeback. Uh, so that was uh, another side of uh, the piracy story winning last week. But he's on the backup. He needs one more run to qualify for the um, Stampede final in uh, Brisbane uh, next month. He's already qualified. Uh, by winning uh, the Tara the uh, Tara Stampede, but he needs the five non-tab runs, so this will take him to five. So the, hence the quick backup. Uh, he renews his battle with Patented. Patented hasn't uh, had the non-tabs or hasn't had a win in the uh, Stampedes, um, but I think he might win today. So we're putting him on top race two, number three, Patented for Pat Webster and Gary Gearan. There was a head margin between them at uh, Tara. Uh, Paitman gets a two and a half kg weight advantage, and subsequently he's won the Mitchell Cup. And as I say, Piracy uh, was a pretty hot day last Saturday. He's on the quick backup. I, I, he just needs this run to qualify, and we probably won't see him again now till the final next month. Whereas Paitman still needs uh, another uh, A to win the uh, qualifier, but B another run. Uh, non-tab run, that'll be either at his home track at St George next week or Roma Cup Day. But, um, yeah, I think he might be able to sit outside of him and with the 7kg weight advantage uh, can beat Piracy. I think they'll, uh, it'll be another great battle. I think they'll run one too, but I'm going with Patented, race two, number three. And the other two best, race three, number six, Red Garter for Troy Pascoe and Paul Hamlin. First run for the year, one of the Gold Coast. It was a great training effort by uh, Troy. And I think with that fitness and the extra distance, it's uh, perfect for her going back to the uh, non-tabs. So they're obviously keen to uh, to keep her in winning mode. So I thought uh, she represents good value, uh, sorry, a, a win, and could be value with uh, Fairy Floss. He'll be in, in full flight uh, out there today, uh, at the uh, Chinchilla meeting. So uh, you don't know what price you're going to get. And in race four, number seven, Ark Eagle. Speaking of Tommy Dougal, I think he can get a winner out there. He's got a great record at Chinchilla. Hannah Richardson from a good draw over the 1,400 metres. And I uh, just peaked at the Clifton over the 1,580, so back to the 1,400 suits. And I think he's uh, ready to win. So race four, number seven, Ark Eagle. Uh, they're our best uh, for Chinchilla. Now, next Saturday, there's uh, no non-tab racing on the downs next Saturday another missed opportunity as we've just highlighted how many horses are in this area uh, we've got St George have their meeting that's been postponed and put into this program uh, and they picked up the qualifiers from the uh, Charleville uh, meeting on Cup Day I'm pleased to report that uh, Charleville did have a very good phantom meeting so the club was able to uh, make a, a bit of money and the fashions of the fields and everything so that was uh, was great to see but uh, they won't be racing again till the next year uh, so St George uh, Cup Day is on next Saturday and Mount Perry which is uh, you know a fair, fair bit to the north of us uh, is racing but that's as close as they get so I think it was an opportunity for a Warwick or an Esk or a Kilcoy to have a non-tabber next Saturday but that's uh, not the case and then that leads into uh, Roma Cup Day but uh, yeah James, uh, good punting everyone and uh, we'll catch you again next week Thanks very much Brett, enjoy Chinchilla Thank you You're listening to Racing Nation with James O'Shea 